We're going to be in Acts chapter 7 tonight. We've all heard in Acts chapter 7, starting in verse 54, we'll read through verses 60. And this is where Stephen is stoned to death. And we don't want him to get upset about that. There are some points in here tonight that I want to bring out. We're just going to let God take this where he wants to. But there are some amazing points in this that many times we lose. And there are some exciting points. So I may, if y'all see me tucking at my pants leg in a little bit, I may pull a brother Ron up here and, 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 and kind of get pre-Pentecostal on, on some of y'all tonight. Um, but anyway... We're going to read this. Everybody will stand tonight in reverence to God's Word of Acts chapter 7, starting in verse 54 through verses 60. The Bible says, When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart. They gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, Stephen, being full of the Holy Ghost, I want you all to just think about these verses. It gives me the chill bumps to, think about, to read these. Looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. And he and said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city, stoned him, and the witnesses laid their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Father, we come in prayer tonight, thanking you once again for letting us gather in your house to open this sacred word in front of us. Father, I pray tonight as we go through these verses, you just hide me behind your cross. Let your words be spoken tonight. So I'm just an instrument for you tonight, Father. Father, let us rejoice in what you have planned for us, what you have prepared for us. Let us learn from you tonight. Let us open our hearts to receive you, knowing that one day you will receive us. Father, we ask these things in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Let's give you a little backstory or context of what's going on. Stephen's being accused of blasphemy. What he is saying is that the law will not save you like we've learned in Romans. The law is to teach you about sin, to teach you the wrongs of sin, to teach you what sin is, but there is no salvation in the law. So Stephen is preaching by God's grace, by the blood of Jesus are you saved. And he's preaching that, and they said, oh, no, that's not right. So they convene together. And in uh, Acts chapter 6, I'm going to read some of this, starting in verse 8. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. And there arose certain of the synagogues, which is called the synagogue of the Libertines, Cyrenians, and Alexandrians, and them of Cilicia, Cecilia, and Asia disputing with Stephen, and they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. So they suborned men which said, We have heard him speak blasphemy against words, blasphemous words against Moses 
and against God. So they took up counsel against Stephen. We don't like what you're doing, son. We don't appreciate what's going on, what you're trying to get done. We taught it this way, and this is the only way. This is what Moses said. This is the way we're going to do things. And Stephen said, that's not going to help you. It's understand to learn it, but that's not there anymore. Jesus didn't die for the law to save you. Jesus died for his blood to save you. And Stephen's trying to push this across, and oh, their ears are burning. They did not like what Stephen had to say. And Stephen was a great man of God. I believe we look at it, Stephen was the first martyr that we can record in this. He was a man full of faith. And what happened, he let his faith control him more than anything in this world. He said, God's given me a mission. God's given me a job to do. Given me somewhere to go do this job. I'm going to do it for him. In the Romans chapter 14, verse 8, the Bible says, For whether we live, we live unto the Lord. And whether we die, we die unto the Lord. And whether we live therefore or die, we are the Lord's. He went into that knowing in his Christian walk, he went in knowing regardless of what happens, it's going to be for God. God's looking on both ends of the line. There's nothing that surprises God. And he knows that going into this, there's going to be good days. There's going to be bad days. There's going to be days they might try to kill me. There's going to be days they will try to kill me. But regardless, I'm in it for God. And that faith of knowing God had control is what we have today in the New Testament. Because I guarantee you one thing, we will get mad over the littlest things in this world. We'll get just plumb aggravated driving down the road and a rock hits your windshield. Oh, that'd just make you mad. Just live it about that. Oh, look what happened. It's going to run. Or like I did here a while back, was able, Robbie's car got totaled, we got her a new one. And in all my time of driving, I've always told Robbie that I was a better driver than her. <laughs> so we're getting ready to go to Little Rock to, to one of my doctor's appointments. And all I could think about that morning was a Shipley's Kalachi. That's all I had on my mind. And we're coming down Columbia Street, and I can look up on the hill, and I see the lights up there on top of the hill. And I have to make a right turn going north on Jackson. I make that right turn, and everything in the world sounded like it went wrong. I slapped. I didn't run over a curve. I run over the drain. <laughs> so it, the, the, the wheel was bent in. Every warning light in the car went off. I'm thinking this. I didn't even eat my kolache. I was so mad. So, so a $500 deductible later, and insurance is going to go up for the next 20 years. We got that behind us. But when we look at life, and we let the little things aggravate us, we let the things that that we have no control of many times aggravate us. And if somebody was to do harm to us, we're not going to forget about that. We're not going to probably lay that to the side and say, okay, God, it sure will. Stephen was that man as they took him out of the city. And I love a quote, and I'm going to get to this in a minute. It says, they let him out of the city, but they never let him away from God. And think about your life for a minute. that You have never been led away from God, whatever you're doing. 
People may push you here or push you there, but you're not going to be led away from God. So when we see looking at this, I want you to go back for a minute, and let's just now we understand what's going on. They, they, they've sought counsel against Stephen, and they now are convinced that he's, uh, he's a blasphemer, and they're going to stone him. That's what the law would say to do. So as they're doing these things, and here they are, they start stoning him for something he's doing for God. Something that God has asked him to do, they're stoning him. And I told the on Wednesday nights, we're going through the walk to the cross with the uh, teenagers. Really enjoying that, looking at Jesus' walk. And I told them the amazing thing of it was all the way to the cross, and on the cross, Jesus never got mad at us. And Stephen never got mad here. Of the things he was doing, he never looked at God and said, God, you put me here, but now look what you're doing to him. He didn't say that. He didn't say, God, you, you, you brought me to here, but you're not going to bring me through here. He didn't say that. And in his heart, he was looking up to God. And here he is having this moment where they're stoning him to death, and his only mindset is to go into prayer, not only for him, but the ones who stoned him. He didn't say, God, how, take revenge for what they're doing to me. And he could have done that easily. And God could have answered his prayer. And if that would have been the case, we might not have had Paul, the apostle, if that would have been the case. And Saul knew, or Stephen knew, there was something greater. But I love when we get into the scripture, and we're right there at it. So now that was the introduction, and, and we don't have but two and a half pages left, and we'll be done. Verse 53. And he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God. That's not the first time we've read about this. Hezekiah seen it. There's another one. Isaiah seen it. But I love what is next. As he's going through the most trying times of his life, as the world is now beating down upon him literally in the form of rocks. And, there's all, and I would think we could look, there's all sorts of rocks in this world that comes our way. Emotional rocks, spiritual rocks, physical rocks, mental rocks, whatever they may be. As these rocks are raining down upon Stephen. As he's there on his knees. He looks up to heaven. And he saw the glory of God and he seen Jesus standing people. He was standing on the right hand of God. He wasn't sitting there idle. And, and the thing great about this is, this is the first time it's recorded that somebody looked up into heaven and didn't see the angels this time, Brother Ron. Hezekiah looked up and he seen the, uh, think the seraphims. And Isaiah seen the cherubims. But this time Stephen looked up and there was Jesus looking at him saying, I've got this, Stephen. I'm ready to come get you. Whatever you need, I'm here. And whatever our life is going through, whatever we might going through, Jesus is not sitting there idly thinking, oh, it's going to be okay. When it comes time for us to go and, and we look up to heaven, we're not worried about anything down here because guess what? We look up there and see the one who did it all for us, looking at us, saying, welcome home. 
my son. Welcome home, my daughter. It's not that we're going to have to go find Jesus. We're going to see him immediately. And as we look at this, and there was Stephen being stoned to death. He saw him there, and he was abundantly satisfied with this sight. I'm going to read some, some words here. He said, he saw Jesus on the right hand of God, denoting both his trans transcendent dignity and his sovereign dominion. His uncontrollable ability and his universal agency, whatever God's right hand gives to us or receives from us or does concerning us, it is by Jesus Christ. That is God's right hand, is his son. And he's usually said to sit there, but Stephen sees him standing there. As one more than ordinarily concerned at present for his suffering servant, he stood up as a judge to plead for his case against the persecutors. He raised up out of his holy habitation, comes out of his place to, pun to punish. He stands ready to receive and crown him. And in the mean, time to give prospect for the joy set before Stephen. Now you think about Stephen here for a second. Preaching the gospel. Every one of us, that's our mission. That's our job. To go and witness, to tell people about Jesus. Some people are going to shut the door on us. Some people are going to hear it. But if it comes down to it, regardless of what, what life throws at us, like Brother Tim was talking about earlier, if you don't know Jesus, I can promise you, you're not going to see him standing there when you die. You're going to see something far worse than you've ever dreamed in your life. But as a Christian, when it's our time to go, for whatever reason it may be, you can stand or bet on this that there's going to be Jesus you look at. And Stephen saw the most beautiful thing in the world. This was intended for the encouragement of Stephen. He sees Stephen, or he sees Christ is for him. And then no matter who is against him, when our Lord Jesus was in his agony, an angel appeared to him, strengthened him. But Stephen had Christ himself appearing to him. It says, Note, nothing so comfortable to dying saints nor so animating to suffering saints as to see Jesus at the right hand of God and blessed be God by faith we may see him there. Think about that encouragement. We've had the rocks through at us in life. And we've been beat down in this life. And we get to the point where we don't think there's anything else going on. And it's our time to go. And there's that encouragement you see when you look up and the heavens open and there's Jesus on the right hand of God welcoming us home. He told those about what he saw. He said, Behold, I see the heavens open. That which was, so, which was a quarrel to him ought to have been a conviction to them. Remember, how's our faith? There was Stephen getting stoned to death. We're not talking about little old bitty 
uh, pebbles out in the yard. We're talking about big old rocks that they would have to uh, pick. Maybe two or three would pick up, and you knew it was bad when they took their clothes off to do this. This is not something. This is not a PG moment in life. And as they're stoning him, he said, "I looked up into heaven, and I've seen the heavens open." And you would think for a minute, whoa, whoa, let us back off, Stephen. If he's looking into heaven right now and the heavens are open, we might need to quit what we're doing. God may strike us down at any moment right now. We better stop. And they did not stop. And that should have convicted them. And a caution of them to take heed of proceeding against one upon whom heaven thus smiled. And therefore what he saw, he declared it. Let them make what use, let them make what use they pleased of it. If some were exasperated by it, others perhaps might be wrought upon to consider this Jesus whom they persecuted and to believe in him. No. No, they kept on. They kept on. And in the middle of that time they were stoning him. Here was that prayer. He had a prayer, and his prayer was, Lord, don't blame these guys. Don't blame them for what you're doing. Don't blame them for what's going to be the outcome of your plan on this earth. Lord, don't blame them. Don't lay this sin at their charge was his prayer. And I'm sorry. I pray I never get in that situation. But I'm going to go ahead and tell y'all now that my prayer probably won't be that way. I hope it is. You go to stoning me, Lord, if you'll let me get to my truck here in just a second, I'll end this. And Stephen said, no, I want to pray for these. I want to pray for my persecutors. I want to pray for the ones who done this. The circumstances of this prayer are observable, for it seems to have been offered upon something more solemnly than the former. First, he knelt down, which was an expression of humility in prayer. Secondly, he cried with a loud voice, which was an expression of the importance of the prayer. But why should he thus show more humility, and importantly, in this request than in the former? Why? None could doubt of his being in good earnest in his prayers for himself. And therefore, there he needed not to use such outward expressions of it, but in his prayer for his enemies, because that in so much against the grain of corrupt nature, it was a record that he should give proof of his being in earnest. He said, I stood for Jesus when times was good. I preached when people listened. I preached where I was invited. I've had good times for Jesus. I've had great success through ministering for Jesus. He done great signs and miracles, and his wisdom was one that astonished all these. And his prayer was, no, if I give in, none of that ever matters. And we can sit here on Sunday, and we can worship Jesus, and we can thank God for what we have. And when the times start getting tough, and like I told y'all the last time I preached, 
It's don't ask yourself, what did I do to get this? Or what did I do to deserve this? Ask, God, what can I do for you in this? And there was Stephen said, it's not going to do any good to complain now. It's not going to benefit anybody if I'm a Christian 99% of the time and it's 1% I give in to the devil. That's not going to benefit. So what did he do? Got on in the prostrate position and went to praying and said, Lord, don't blame it on them. They're doing what they think is right and there's going to be something greater come out of this night than what, you have in, what they have in store. And there he prayed. Then he prayed for himself. Or the prayer itself, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. Herein he followed the example of his dying master who prayed thus for his persecutors. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do, Brother Fred. And it set an example to all following sufferers in the cause of Christ thus to pray for those that persecute them. It says, prayer may preach. This, does, this did so to those who stoned Stephen. And he knelt down that they might take notice he was going to pray. And he cried with that loud voice that they might take notice of what he said and might learn that they did a, what, that what they did was a sin, a great sin, which in divine mercy and grace did not prevent what God had ready. He knew it was a sin to kill Stephen. And there Stephen was. A godly man, one of, of, of great knowledge and great fiery preacher and was able to do great things in the name of God. But he said, I'm not going to stop what God is doing in this world. I'm not going to tell God to stop because of me. And when we get into them times of life and things start hammering down on us and things start looking like, where in the world am I going to go? We must look at Stephen and say, we're going to follow Stephen. We're going to look up to heaven. We know there's a Jesus standing there on the right hand of God. We know he's waiting for us to come see him. We know there's a plan going on in our life that he's got total control of. And saying, God, I'm going to give it all to you. Regardless of what happens, you're going to take care of everything. And in that prayer that he prayed, lay not this sin at their charge. There was a young man sitting there named Saul. Don't know how old he was. And not many, in chapter 9 of Acts, Saul is on his way to Damascus. And no doubt he's probably thought about that prayer. What, why would he pray that? And a light shone round about him, and he fell to the ground. And Jesus spoke and said, Saul, Saul. He said, why are you persecuting me? When Saul heard that, no doubt he went back and seen Stephen. No doubt he looked up and he was on trembling knees at that moment because his mind just went back to that prayer. And his mind maybe was thinking, I got away with it, but now he's caught me. He's come to collect. And Saul, seeing what Stephen went through in his attitude, 
He said, Lord, what will you have me do? And he said, you're going to be a great servant for me. You're a chosen vessel. But if Stephen would have prayed that prayer the other way and said, Lord, get them for me, who knows where we'd be at today. And when somebody does something in life, our prayer cannot be, Lord, do something about that. It must be, Lord, let your glory be shown through this. Not my suffering, but your glory be shown through this. And just think about that for a second. The highest in the land, which is God, of all the universes combined, there's no higher than God. I want you to think a king does not stand off his throne. He sits there, and he judges from his throne. And there is a prince, Jesus, stand, sits beside his father. And I love what one commentator wrote. He said, as the disciples seen Jesus descend up into heaven, and a cloud took him. They didn't see him sit on the right hand of God, Brother Ron. But it was now confirmed. There was Jesus. And when you look at what he saw, think about our life. Think about when our time comes and we're on our knees or wherever we may be and we're having to draw that last breath in. Automatically, boom, there's heaven open and there's Jesus waiting on you. And that should be our delight. That's our comfort knowing. Lord, I haven't done much for you. But what you have given me, what you have promised me, you're waiting there to give it to me. You're waiting there to show me everything that you promised. And that's a great feeling to have. But our thought must be, Lord, let me serve you every day to glorify you. Because you never know where you're going to be at in life. I'm not going to re-preach the sermon I preached um, here a couple months ago. But I'd have never thought I would have been in so much pain in my life. And it did hurt. I don't know if I I don't know if I'm getting weaker, Brother Tim, as I'm going through life, but that, that hurt bad when that disc blew out in my neck. It just oh that hurt. And I I thought things, I said things, and I'm sitting there thinking, why, you know, my response was, why did this happen? And we get to Little Rock and getting ready to have surgery. And I know y'all, most of y'all have listened to this. Most, some of y'all was here to listen to hear it. And there was my doctor who I think dearly of. He's a, he's a good doctor. He's a good godly man. And I realized there before surgery, before they put me to sleep, still never seen that person who gave me that shot. They slipped up on my six when I went looking and gave me a shot. <laughs> and there I am, and we're, we're in a conversation about is Robbie going to be able to stay in the hospital with me? 
And I told him, I said, if Robbie can't stay, I'm not staying. Well, he said, would you be able, would you compromise in staying in a hotel tonight? I said, that'd be fine. I'll stay in a hotel tonight. Well, he came back because he had to call the, the president of the hospital to get permission for Robbie to stay in the room with me, you know, all this COVID stuff. And sitting in there, I'll never forget what he said. It's nothing we've done. But he said, I wish, he said, I'm working on a 23-year failing marriage. And he said, I wish our marriage was like y'all's. And at that moment, I said, these stones that fell up on me to be here at this time to pray for this man for this reason. And them stones fell up on Stephen at that time for him to pray that prayer for that reason. That a man named Saul might hear that prayer and turn and follow Jesus forever. When you're being stoned, ask yourself, am I glorifying God? Am I going to give it all to God even though it hurts? Even though there, there's, there's no way you can quantify the pain you're going through. There's no way I can imagine how much pain Stephen was going through, but he said, God, you got it. And just like Brother Will preached before he left, we've always heard God's not going to put on you more than you can bear, and I agree with Brother Will, that's not right. God's going to put on you till you realize you need him. And when we say, God, it's not about me. It's not about the ones who got me here. It's not about the ones who stoned me. But it's about you. Let me live for you. Let me die for you. That I may glorify you whatever my calling is. When the rocks fall upon us, that's when it's time to glorify God. Because guess what, Brother Fred? The heavens are getting close then, buddy. They're getting close. Don't ask for revenge. Ask for grace. God, be gracious upon those who take advantage of me, that they may learn of you and come to know you that they may be as I am, not as they are.